Today's passage is Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone, and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus, who is crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. I imagine the question for us today is, what does that mean in the midst of all this fear and chaos? What does this mean with COVID-19 bearing down on all of humanity? I'll admit that for the first time, I'm not altogether sure what to say about Easter. Well, that's not the absolute truth. What I mean is that it was so much easier to proclaim good news when things were easy. Because the good news just didn't have to work as hard. It doesn't have to rescue us from hunger when we are well fed. And it doesn't have to offer us a home when we are secure. And it doesn't have to offer healing and wholeness when we are well. And it doesn't have to deliver us into community when we are already gathered and singing together, complete with the brass and the organ and the family and friends. But things are much different this year. Even those who were doing all right on any given day may be struggling today to pay rent or buy food. Those without homes may be turned away from shelters and those who are hungry find places like Matt Talbot and the food bank closed and those who were once relatively healthy find themselves breathless. The medical community is fighting to receive the minimal protection resources from federal reserves, and the gospel, all of a sudden, has a lot more to answer to. The job just got harder, at least for me. So then, I looked into my wilderness resource for sermon planning for Lent, and this is what I read. What do we do when we come out of the wilderness? Do we return to the way things were? Or do we hold on to the hope that this transformation might last? That whatever we experienced in the wilderness might continue to change us? <laughs> if only the author of that resource knew just how apropos their words would be right now. Only a year ago or so, I remember coming across a post that longed for the days following 9-11 when people worked together and cared for each other and felt united as a community. But then, eventually, we all went back to the way things were, back to taking care of ourselves first, to the practice that if we can be blind to someone else's pain, then we don't have to help. And that transformation just didn't last. 
Is there any hope this time? What will we do when we come out of the wilderness? What have we learned in the meantime? How might we be changed? How might we experience new life? Honestly, I have my doubts about humanity. As soon as possible, not only will people go back to their crammed schedules, they will work extra hard to make up for all the things they missed while at home. Camps and sports and graduations and parties, weddings and funerals, baptisms and feasts, maybe even an Easter egg hunt or two, just to be sure. And we'll tell ourselves we're supporting local business and economy by storming into restaurants or hurriedly eating fast food on our way to yet another game or practice or meeting. The slow evenings around the dinner table with a home-cooked meal with, will be few and far between once again. The calls to neighbors and friends will come less and less often. We only stay transformed long enough for the scare to wear off, for the fear to wind down, for restrictions to abate. Aren't people already talking about longing to get back to normal? After the events of Jesus' death, I wondered what the disciples expected. <clears throat> Obviously, they thought the whole past three years was a waste. They had backed the wrong horse. Their friend was dead and their attempts had failed. They would eventually return, return to the boats and the fish, return to tax collecting, return to the lives they had known. Things would go back to normal, sort of, because no matter what, they wouldn't be able to forget. They wouldn't forget the way Jesus taught and healed, the way he interpreted scripture, the way he defied the rules, the way he loved and served. They wouldn't forget the final meal or the oil poured over him. They wouldn't forget their betrayal, their denial, their fear. No, it wouldn't ever be the same, but it wouldn't be all that different either. But then the women discover something alarming. The body is gone. And I imagine their Friday fears just got worse. Several years ago, I heard Tony Campolo refer to a sermon delivered by S.M. Lockridge. His message was simply this, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday and the world looks dark. We sit in fear. We come to the tomb and feel an earthquake. We expect to see Jesus, but find only angels and an empty tomb. Our lives have become chaos trying to work from home, if indeed we still have jobs, creating unique and sometimes frightening ways to protect ourselves when we go out, hoarding sanitizer and toilet paper, fearing the family members who have gone to the store and have now returned, lonely, anxious, sick, and depressed. Friends, it is Friday, but Sunday's coming. Fear is a Friday feeling a feeling of despair, of losing the little one holds dear, of having what little power you have being stripped from you. Fear is a Friday feeling that loved ones are dying, that there isn't enough food or resources or necessary items or protective coverings. Fear is a Friday feeling that leads to hoarding and scarcity and grabbing and greed. It may feel like Friday today, but Sunday's coming and things will change. In fact, 
Sunday's here. Jesus is risen. Death does not get to reign or call the shots, and fear has been defeated. Sunday's here, and we are being transformed. We continue to die to Friday feelings and Friday actions, to Friday betrayals and Friday denials, because we do not live in Friday. Sunday's here, my friends. And the angels tell us, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to stay home. Do not be afraid to ask for help. Do not be afraid to share your pain. Do not be afraid to share your resources. Do not be afraid to live fully, even while protecting those around you. Do not be afraid to let what you're learning about a simple and slow life change you in the future. Because the reality is that we will experience another Friday, and another Friday, and another Friday. And we will know more times of fear. Because Easter promises not that God will keep us safe from hard things, but that God will give us life and hope in the midst of them. The Easter promise is not that we get to skip over Good Friday and death or sadness or fear, that we avoid the challenges that teach us about life. The Easter promise is that even when we find ourselves in Friday feelings, Sunday's coming and Christ is risen, and death is not the end, and life has changed, and that no matter what happens in the coming days and weeks and months, death is defeated and we need not return again to the tombs of our own making. Austin Channing Brown says, I know it's hard to look at the world and believe in Sunday. It's hard to be witness to the destruction and devastation, the injustice and pain, the hatred and evil. At every turn, the world makes a mockery of our hope. Hitting us in the gut, it demands to know, where is your hope now? Our hope is no longer in a tomb. Our hope is not dead. Our hope is on the move. He is risen and Sunday will come again. May our hearts rejoice in this. May we lay down the fear and doubts, allowing ourselves to enter hope again. Now go and tell the others that good news is on the way. Amen.